0: The final out has been made. Let's talk about what just happened. The good and the bad. It's time for the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove, with the franchise, Tim Allen, on the fan. If you need doors and windows, go to PellaWI.com.
2: It is the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove. Tim Allen, there's Evan Heffelfinger and a uh, Brewers 7-3 loss. They they do muster up three runs on three hits. Three hits, seven walks, however. Yeah, show some patience out there at uh, Coors Field. Everyone else is hitting grand slams and solo shots. Uh, Luis Urias did come up with a bases-clearing double in that one, but make sure you draw your walks at Coors Field. That really helps when you're not hitting three-run homers. Uh, Brewers offense, uh, they have uh, they have been AWOL now for four games here. They've scored a grand total of seven runs on 16 hits in their last four games. Think about that. 16 hits in their last four games and just four uh, – I'm sorry – Seven runs in those four games. However, the good news tonight, from the Pfizer Forum, the Bucks get a Game 6 victory. And if you guys want to jump in on the Bucks or the Brewers, we'll take you, and uh, it'll be half good, half bad. The half bad, obviously, the, the Brewers on a four-game losing streak. But the Bucks force a Game 7. Now both teams back against the wall, and anything can happen. Evan that was a uh, huge game for the Milwaukee Bucks. They made things they made things difficult for KD and, and 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 again that's what they had to do just contest everything to KD. He turned the ball over 7 times in this basketball game tonight and the Bucks come away with a uh, 104-89 win. That was sweet to see. Yeah, not only did they make it
1: tough on him they were throwing double teams, triple teams, quadruple teams. It kind of looked like when teams will form a wall against Giannis. Like, they actually made an effort to change the way that they were defending him, which was nice to see after five games of him absolutely torching you. He still yeah, had th- his, 30 his, points,
2: but he yeah, worked Yeah, he had for his it. 30, but, you know, again, they, they contained him a little bit, and I think that was the mission. The, also, the mission was continued a ball movement throughout the game, spreading things around a little bit. You still didn't shoot great from outside, outside of uh, Middleton, but uh, Chris Middleton, a 38-burger on these guys. And again, anything can happen game seven. You made it difficult on Harden a little bit. He had a couple of threes there, a few threes, and he clearly is not, not the same player right now. And and I guess if you breathe on James Harden, you get a foul. I guess K D can can uh can draw a foul in any way, shape, or form he wants to. And and he gets it. It just just draw a foul. He can just get get his feet in the air and draw a foul. There were some crazy calls in this one as well, but the Bucks, they do prevail and force that game seven on Saturday. Do we have a start time for that game yet? I, I'm not sure. I'm I'm assuming they're going to play it at like 9:30 in the morning. That that'd be a good time slot for these guys. Uh, when you had what was it? Game two or three was two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. But I, I would hope that it's a 7:30 prime time type tip uh, for Saturday's Game Seven. It's a hey, I can't wait know. to watch
1: Game Seven at 3 a.m. on Sunday. <laughs>
2: Right, you just, but you never know with with a game seven. These guys could come out and just dominate. And and again, raise your hand if you were a little nervous. Late third, early fourth, you're up 15, and uh, in in they just rattle off a 10-0 run, and they get within five points in about two and a half minutes. I mean that happened so quickly that. I, I, was, I was like, no, this, this cannot be happening. But what happens, they foul Middleton on a three. He sinks all three of them, go back up by eight, and then the Bucks return the favor. They go on their own 10-0 run and get this thing done, a uh, pretty substantial victory. And, Evan, I don't know if you noticed this in the Bucks game. Did you see the minutes played for the big three, Holiday, Middleton, and, and Giannis? I did, and I absolutely love it.
1: It's Coach Bud listening to what we're talking about. The fact that uh, James Harden on one leg played like 10 more minutes than Giannis did the other day, unacceptable. So the fact that Drew played 43, Chris almost played 43, and Giannis played 41, it's incredible, especially considering
2: there was three minutes of garbage
1: time. They played the
2: entire game. The entire game, and you, you had to have it right there. It was a sweet victory. I I think you guys had a party uh, downtown here tonight. That that is cool. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. On the other hand, the Milwaukee Brewers—they don't—they uh, don't seem to be hitting the baseball any better with uh, the mighty Derek Fisher added to the roster. Tim Lopes uh, sent packing uh, down south. And uh, Derek Fisher was 0 for 2 in the game. I'm just kidding. I mean, they're they're trying to mix and match these things. Only so much you can do with the personnel that's there. Now, is one guy going to make the difference here? Eh, Maybe. Maybe to a degree. You get Urias out of that leadoff spot. Take maybe a little bit more advantage of him with runners in scoring position. Move him down a little bit. The other thing in this game... uh, you you had four errors in this game. This was the sloppiest game in baseball all season by any teams, by any matchup. The seven errors, the most in any one game in major league baseball this season. I I think that needs to be uh remedied here. We had a, a one of our callers yesterday give a uh uh, a comment about, you know, you know the offense is bad when the Brewers are talking about run prevention via pitching and defense. Well, the defense, quite frankly, really hasn't been that great. Now, you are without Colton Wong. You are without Lorenzo Cain. That's a big impact on that defense. So we need to be a little bit more patient on that. But Adamas, you got to make the plays. Dude, you got to make some plays defensively. He had a chance for a double play ball in that first inning and we need to get to Woodruff here in just a second. Uh, for Brandon Woodruff, that uh, honestly would, would have got him out of the inning. Uh, he makes a play. It's a tough play to glove the ball. But then not be able to get the ball out of your glove to make some sort of force at second or get the guy at first? I mean, you, you can't be doing this. You can't be bobbling on a double-play ground ball. You can't be hesitating beforehand. Luis Urias. You know, uh, just having some problems throwing the baseball over there. I mean, you got to remember, he, he had an error uh, when the pitcher was up. Plenty of time. Now, it was a little bit of a tougher grab for Urias at, at third base. But, you know, if you know the internal clock is ticking at a slow pace, you know that the pitcher, uh, Marquez, is not not a speed demon. I mean, he had plenty of time there. So defense needs to shore things up. Brewers have lost four consecutive games here, three to the Cincinnati Reds and now one to the Rockies. Rockies are good at home. I can't explain why they're bad on the road. But again, you you say the ball's going to fly around Coors Field. Well, it wasn't for the Brewers outside of one hit. One hit, and that was Luis Urias who tends to do very well with the bases loaded. So that's a good sign. And here we go again. Everybody else hits grand slams all around Major League Baseball throughout this beautiful country of ours. Where are the Brewers' big home runs? They just don't get them. They get walks. And I wonder I wonder if that is sort of the philosophy which is holding back some of the power numbers, some of the batting average numbers, some of the you know, big homers, like I was saying, um, you know, a grand slam. You're busy trying to henpeck a right pitch. You're busy showing a team philosophy of taking a bunch of pitches. They're seventh in all of baseball and drawing walks, which is really good. Don't get me wrong. But my goodness, maybe, maybe start free swinging a little bit to get yourself out of this thing. I mean after all it is Denver, Colorado. Uh 414-799-1250. We're going to hear from uh manager Craig Council uh coming up and and now we get to Brandon Woodruff. First inning just didn't have it. It was uh, it was it was sad to see. Um Yeah, I can't put my finger on it. Uh you know, some of course social media all over anytime Pitcher goes out there and gets his head beat in. It's going to be because he had been using the sticky stuff, right? But Woody does not pitch well in his uh, two or three prior outings uh, in Denver. So that didn't necessarily surprise me much. He did settle in to throw four scoreless after giving up five runs in that first inning. All sorts of trouble. After one out, a, a base hit. Then he gets a strikeout for the second out. Then an infield single. That's the one I was talking about with Adamas. There's two outs. You got to play at second base. You just couldn't get the ball out of your glove after making the play. You see how uh, hair-splitting baseball can be and how one simple play can impact you. Runner at first with two outs for Woody. You get a ground ball. He had a dive to it. Okay, fair enough. It's a tough play, but you've got the time here. You got to get the ball out of your glove, Willie, and get the force at second and get back in that dugout. It didn't happen. Now two on, with just the or with the two outs, then a walk. Wouldn't you know it? You know when it rains, it pours. A walk then loads the bases. You're still feeling okay. C.J. Crone nails Woody for a grand slam and it's immediately 4-zip, just like that. And again, I am just losing my mind at that point that other teams hit grand slams around baseball, but this team, I mean, not, not just against the Brewers. That's not what I'm saying. But that has happened, too. It's just, wow. Like, you know, it just, it, when it rain, like I said, when it rains, it pours. Next batter, Hampson. They go back-to-back, back, a solo shot, 5 nothing. Rockies sent eight men to the plate, four hits, a walk, and five runs later, you got a big hole to dig out of. Uh, the Brewers do get base runners for the ensuing next three innings the leadoff man gets on. And you can't just start moving him around, move the line, get a nice, well, get a two run homer. That'd be nice. It just doesn't happen. And the Brewers' offense clearly struggling tonight. Uh, Woody had the 1 2 3 in the bottom half of that second as uh, that game moved to the third. Neither team scored. Lead off walk, as I said. Uh, JBJ worked a walk. There you go. Uh, one, two, three, bottom of the third for Brandon Woodruff. So he, he definitely settled in there. Uh, seven straight set down by Woody after the five run first inning leadoff man on again in that fourth inning. Yelich with an infield single, one of only three hits in this game. He was erased on, on a double play, three double plays. That doesn't help. Three double plays turned, uh, in by the Colorado Rockies. Walking uh, walking an error gets Woody into trouble in the bottom of the fourth inning, but he puts up a zero again. Uh, Brewer's a base runner, top of the fifth. JBJ reaches on a drop third, moves to second base on another wild pitch. Woody, but they don't score. Woody, uh, little trouble in the fifth. Another error. Well, actually, two errors in that fifth inning. Now, one, I will say th- – now, this is getting a little nerdy about things, but when you, when you lose four in a row, I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's appropriate to, to point these things out. Woody gets charged with an error. That official score needs his head examined. And I'll tell you why. <clears throat> Did have a, a comebacker right to him. He wanted to turn the double play is really what, what it came down to. Had a low throw to Willie Adamas. Wasn't left, wasn't right. It was down around his knees. You give Woody an air on that? When Adamus drops it? And Bill Schroeder on Bally Sports Wisconsin, I hate getting on him. I, I like that dude. But he was talking about Woody not setting his feet, and all of that may be right. Not setting his feet, not you know strong to the target and all these things. I get it. That might be the right thing. Who cares? Kick the ball to Willie. That ball was at his knees. He should have made the play. And Woody gets charged with that error. That sucks. Uh, it it did load the bases with one out to face C.J. Crone again. <laughs> but the Brewers turn a double play, finally, to get out of that. Now, Woody did settle in for the four scoreless innings after giving up the five in the first and, again, if, if you're going to do some damage control, you s- soak up a few innings there, you, you save the bullpen a little bit. I, I guess there's something to be said there, but not a good performance overall. Brewers, a couple of base runners in the sixth, both reaching on air. But the third double play by the Rockies erases that threat into the bottom of the sixth. Uh, Woody's done Yardley in for the bottom of the sixth. Eh, Yardley? Another error for the Brewers. They're fourth in the game. Uh, Yardley gives up a couple of runs. Uh, Hobie Milner had to come in to record the final out, and by then it's 7 to nothing into the seventh inning. But the Brewers trying to make it a game in the seventh inning. Three walks in the inning, sandwiched around a couple of outs. Narvaez, Reyes, JBJ all worked walks. Hey, look at that, JBJ on, what, three times tonight? It's set the table for Luis Rias. And he plates 3 with those bases loaded, a bases loaded double to make it 7-3. Milner gets the first couple of outs in that 7th and Hunter Strickland is called upon. Uh gives up a double and gets out of it. 7-3 to the 8th inning Brewers with some more traffic. 8th inning, give him a finish, boys. Christian reaches on air, another walk in the inning, seventh drawn by the Brewers' offense. That was Narvaez, Willie Adamas up, as the tying run was on deck in this game in the eighth inning. We'll credit him for that. Willie strikes out to set up Pablo Reyes. Two outs, two on, he grounds out. to end the frame, 7-3, bottom of the eighth inning, Hunter Strickland. A scoreless eighth inning. And and don't look now. Hunter Strickland in a Brewers uniform uh, spanning two appearances. Two and a third scoreless. We'll take that from the new Brewers right-hander for sure. As uh, the Brewers do not score in that ninth inning. And there's your final 7-3 as the uh, Brewers fall uh, to 38-31 and 31 now in the 2021 championship season. But I guess the, the bigger news here, the happier news here, the Bucks win game six, and they force a game seven on Saturday. If you guys want to jump in here on either one of these games, we'll be happy to have you here. Uh, Tim Allen, uh, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove. Again, not a great little run for the Brewers, Uh, Seven runs in their last four games, three on one swing of the bat tonight. You only had four in the series against the Cincinnati Reds. And you have 13, what, 16 hits now in the last four games. It's not going to get it done. You did have a roster move. Derek Fisher called up from AAA. Tim Lopes sent down. And yet you, I mean, you're still going to have to have some work to do. Keston Hira needs to be on this baseball team. I'm going I'm to be screaming that until he's back. You find a way to get him in there or get him up here and get him in there on a semi-regular basis. I mean, you want uh, Vogel back against a lefty or you want Keston Hira in there? Batting down in the order. Can't do any worse than some of these other guys. He just, he just won't do worse than some of these other guys. JBJ is actually getting worse as the season moves on, down to 152 now. Was hovering around 160, 161, 162, and over the course of time here, he's been uh, just slowly just falling and falling, free-falling, as Tom Petty would say. Evan, you ready to take a break here? Yeah, let's take a break. All right, we'll take a break. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Bucks win, Brewers lose. We'll be back here on The Fan.
0: Let's hear what you thought of today's game on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. On The Fan, call Tim Allen now at 414 799 1250 or tweet the show. At 1250
2: AM, The Fan. Yeah, some good and some bad in a couple of games here. The real good is that we get a Game 7 in Brooklyn on Saturday. Bucks take Game 6 here in Milwaukee. uh, 104-89. And Chris Middleton steps up with a uh, career playoff high. 38 points, 30 for Giannis and uh the defense just relentless at t- most times in this in this basketball game tonight brewers on the other hand they get a uh, basis clearing double by uh, luis Arias, and that's it uh, they lose 7 to 3 woody gets beat up in that first inning i still think adama should have got him out of that inning but okay so be it um the brewers uh, now have lost four consecutive games uh, if you want to jump in here 414 799, 12,50 uh, going over some of the numbers here in just a second in the uh, Bucks victory a game seven. see you never know. All you guys that wanted boot holes are fired, just hold on a little bit. Let's see how this thing plays out. Let's just see. I mean I, I, you know I, I, if, if they would have lost tonight, maybe we'll have a different conversation. But they didn't. It's a huge victory. And uh, that'll set up a uh, what could be a big party just to advance uh, down in the district on uh, Saturday. And then, hey, you don't think they could beat Atlanta or Philly in the Eastern Conference Finals? Of course they could and probably should when you think about it. This game is this game this game here on Saturday or there I should say in Brooklyn on Saturday could almost you could almost look at it uh, as sort of the gate to the finals because I feel pretty good they win that basketball game I feel pretty good they're going to the finals seven nine nine twelve fifty Marty what's on your mind you're on twelve fifty a.m. the fan hey uh,
3: that's my first time calling in how you doing
2: More important how you are, Marty. Thanks for calling.
3: I just wanted to uh, say that tonight was the um, happiest I've ever been to hear you interrupt whatever was on the radio before, you know, the post-game show started because that guy was, like, going in. You could tell – maybe he's from Brooklyn. I don't know. But you could tell, like – how he was predicting things were going to be in Game 7. Oh, Joe Harris is going to play like Joe Harris and I believe yep. and Joe. And,
2: That's JR, uh, you know. the Sport Brief Show.
3: Right. You know, and then he's like, this Game 7 is going to be about Giannis versus Durant." Like, no, then you interrupted, and I'm like, thank God, because I don't know what the heck happened with the Brewers today. So I really appreciate your analysis on the Brewers. You really go in-depth. You're like a really angry little league coach. You go yep. in there on Adamus and all these players making them feel horrible <laughs> that, they, that the management doesn't get like a Corey Seager or someone with a bat to let Adamus know it's okay. You made an error. We're still winning by three. Yeah. But as soon as you opened up the lines to people to call in for the Bucks game, which you did right away, I dialed you right away. And I've been on hold and I'm listening to the show and I'm like, Yo, you can't open up the lines for the Bucks game in a playoff game six, and I gotta listen to this horrible Brewer game recap, inning by inning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm like, come on. Well, I, you know, that's my love affair. I mean, that's my first love. Uh, is and is is the Brewers? You're gonna,
3: gonna get the your brewers. grand slam, sir. It's just not gonna happen until like July 4th.
2: Yeah, I know that. That's crazy, Marty. The hey, patriotic thanks. Patriotic
3: Bucks gonna get that though. Don't worry. Thank
2: you. Yeah, you you got it, Marty. Yeah, he was referring to uh, our nighttime show here when we're not in local programming. It's the JR Sport Brief Show. He follows Uh, me on Twitter. Does he really? He does. Oh, that's because maybe I was hammering into him one night.
1: No, it was right when his show started. The big show had him on,
2: and all of us followed him, and he followed us back. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, he he seems to be a heavy lean toward Brooklyn. And uh, that's, you know, whatever. That's that's fine. I, I had more of an issue like a month ago with him when he said baseball is dying. It's a dying sport. I, I just completely disagree. Because you and I talked about that that night, that baseball uh, Major League attendance is 30,000 a night league-wide. In 2019, so those are two-year-old numbers. Yeah, this is pre-pandemic, but it's 30,000 in 15 different cities every night for six months. That's not a – that's something – that business is not dying anytime soon. It's just I, – I, I wished it would have been rephrased a little bit. But um, on the Buck side of things, I would doubt uh, Kyrie's going to play on Saturday. I'd be surprised if he did. Harden's just not himself, and I think they're getting a grip on that. And, and maybe mo- more importantly, and most importantly, they're contesting KD on everything he does. He had seven turnovers tonight.
1: He, he, that is yeah. huge. So huge. One thing that I still would like to see is Giannis matched up on KD more. What better to defend a seven-foot athletic freak than with your own seven-foot athletic freak who also happens to be the defensive
2: player of the year. Of the year. Why wouldn't you want to see that at times? Fine, give him, give him a little help occasionally, but if, if that's the way it's got to be. I thought it was interesting after uh, game five that Giannis had said that when asked, w- are you willing to go one-on-one defensively against KD? And he's like, I'll do what the coach tells me to do. I'll do what the coach wants me to do. Um... I wish Giannis would kind of grab the bull by the horns, if you will, and just be a little more aggressive and assertive in, in certain situations, both uh, in, in media sessions and on that floor. I mean, I don't know if, uh, if now was the appropriate time to call KD the best basketball player in the world. I'm not sure that timing, I, I, didn't, I didn't like that timing of that statement or even to say it at all, I want my guy to say I'm the best in the world because some could make the argument that he is. I don't know. It just just seemed weird. But the, the, you get it to a game seven, and you know full well anything can happen. And, I, again, you, you had a 15-point lead dissipate in about two and a half minutes, and it was at five. They they went on a 10-0 run, but the Bucks shortly thereafter answered, and it was just a, it was just a more aggressive style of play. This is what they should have done in Game Five when they were up seventeen. They were going at Harden a little bit. There were some bad calls again. I you know I can really tell about uh, certain individuals in the game of basketball that get calls and that don't get calls. And if you look at the history before that, if you look at the history, you see their coach fighting for you. You see that, and again, this has been my bugaboo with, uh, with regards to Budenholzer. And probably the biggest problem I have with him is not fighting for, for Giannis over the course of the last couple of years. Um, you saw a, an assistant coach for the Brooklyn Nets tonight. Was that uh, DeAntoni? I believe the, so, yeah. Losing his mind. Losing his mind. Going at him. Going at, the, going at the referees. Well, Bud occasionally should do that to, to, to back his guys. To back his boy. Certainly, specifically Giannis. But the, the bottom line is they, they played an aggressive form of basketball. Well, they had to. And why wouldn't you come out from the opening tip on Saturday and do the same thing? Now let's check out some of the numbers in that in that Bucks game. Evan uh, Middleton a career playoff high of thirty-eight, and he at times
1: looked like the best player on the court, not named Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant didn't—I mean, he still hit his ridiculous fadeaway jumpers that nobody in the world should be able to make. Mm-hmm. But Chris Middleton is the reason that the Bucks won this game. And what a difference it is for him to play at home, apparently. 38 points on only 16 shot attempts, 11 of 12 from the line, 5 for 8 from three-point line, had 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 5 steals. And that just is one of the numbers that is the reason that they won. The Bucks had a lot of steals as a team, 12.
2: Boy, their defense stepped
1: up tonight, man. From 16 Brooklyn turnovers, 7 from Kevin Durant himself, that is how you win. You force them to turn that ball over because the more they turn it over, that's less shots for Kevin Durant to take.
2: And if Harris isn't doing his thing, if Griffin's not, not sco- in scoring mode in any way, shape, or form, you're going to get a victory with that type of defense. You will get a victory in Game 7. You played defense like you did tonight. Oh 100%. Contest everything that KD does, contest it all. Contest him uh, on his way on a timeout, on his way back to the bench. Get in front of him. Get walk walk across his path. Yeah, join I mean, their team I, huddle. I, it's it's the singular hope they have, Evan. It's the one hope that they have, and it's believe me, it's it's been working here the last, you know, 3 games or so since these injuries uh, got into Brooklyn. But uh, Giannis with a good night, too. 30 points. 30
1: points, 17 rebounds, 3 assists. Did not attempt a 3-point shot, which I'm sure a lot of people would be really happy to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 12 of 20 shooting. I believe 11 of his 12 shot uh, makes were from inside the paint, if I remember correctly. 6 for 10 from the line, so not terrible, all things said. I mean, better than Ben Simmons, who I think was 4-for-13 last night, Uh, you'll definitely take 6-for-10 out of that. Drew Holiday was the third, obviously the big third piece for this team. He had 21 points, and a lot of those came in the second half. He did not have a great Drew Holiday game. 8-for-21 shooting, 1-for-10 from three-point line, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, But he was a big contributor on the defensive end with four steals himself, Mm -hmm. and he was the one that was tasked more than anybody that I saw with guarding one-on-one Kevin Durant. He was the one that was getting mainly posted up by KD, and then Brooke would come in and swarm or... PJ Tucker, Giannis, somebody else would put a hand Tucker up as well. Tucker was
2: awesome in this game defensively, also. He really he was, was. The numbers may not indicate that, but you had to you had to follow that game to understand how how powerful Tucker was in this one. Most definitely, and I, I think. That was the guy
1: that the Bucs needed more than anybody this season. Yeah, they could use a a shooter like a Joe Harris, but they needed a dog. They needed someone who gets joy and pleasure out of playing defense for getting into the offensive player and disrupting them. And that is P.J. Tucker. And you could tell that he was active, he was talking, he was communicating. He was the defensive mastermind, essentially, out there. And it worked. They won.
2: Yeah, they, they did. 104-89 as uh, they force a game seven on Saturday. It's, uh, it's fun. You, you get this type of win, get it to seven. That's, that's what they want to do. We were so demoralized after a, you know, a game five loss that they were up 17 in. And, and we saw some flaws. We saw two different teams, first and second half in that game five. But here in game six, a collective defensive effort. On the floor for these guys, it was it was sweet. Let's get to a Saturday night. <laughs> you talk about a fun night. That could be an absolute party down in the district for sure as the uh, Bucks and Nets go at it in Game 7. Speaking of seven, Brewers lose 7-3, their fourth consecutive loss, and now the Cubs, with a victory, are in first place by themselves. Brewers at 38-31. Uh, Reds came back to tie a game late and then lose, um, to the San Diego Padres. So they still remain a, uh, what a game back of the Brewers and the Brewers a game back of the Cubs and dogfight, uh, in the central here continues all summer long. It's, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, Craig council is, uh, up next. Uh, we, if you guys want to jump in here, 414-799-1250, a couple of games to talk about the bigger of which, for now, is the Bucks game as they win game six. It's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Post-game shows driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway here on The Fan. What
0: was the deal with the lineup? Why did he make that bullpen move? Why did he pinch hit with that guy? Time to get all of those questions answered and more with Scoop from the Skipper. Brought to you by Shulze Family Beef. Treat your grill to quality pasture-raised beef from their family farm. Just go to schulzefamilybeef.com. This is the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the Fan.
2: Yeah, welcome back. A victory and a loss here in the state of Wisconsin, the city of Milwaukee, as the Bucks. Uh, most importantly, their season moves on, and that that to me would have been uh, Evan uh, would have been sort of melodramatic here. Just uh, suddenly, the Bucks just are gone. That would would have not been good. Now that again, it could it could happen on uh, on Saturday, but you get a feeling here that. You force a Game 7, and, you know, a lot of people throw this term out there, anything can happen. I do, too. Uh, you throw it out It's just a natural thing to do. You get it to 7, it doesn't matter. You can play it in Brooklyn or around or the moon. Anyone can win. But I think for some reason, I think that downgrades the talent of the Milwaukee Bucks in a way when you when you say anything can happen in a Game 7. In just a weird way, this team's pretty good, and we need to remember that. You know, these guys don't have their big three and big three healthy. They just they don't. They're, in, in, in some ways, despite KD being on the role he's on, in some ways you could actually look at this being the inferior team, the Brooklyn Nets are. So they might be in a position to say, hey, uh, you know, we we got this thing to Game Seven. We could actually win this. Where the, the reality might be, the Bucks, if the Bucks play their game, and they don't have an off night, they should win in theory. Am, or am I out of line here? I think you're
1: right on. Without Kyrie, who it seems like they play like gods amongst men when they have Kyrie and Katie oh, yeah. together. You have KD, who may be the best player on the planet, or at least the best scorer on the planet. It or seems like. Or he's playing the best now, right? Right, and you have uh, James Harden on one leg, and then you have a lot of role players who could all step up. F- step up for them. I, th- I, I'd, you and I both said Bucks and seven when the season mm-hmm. or the series started, and I guess we kind of have to stick with it. You can't get to seven yeah. games without losing three first, so. If the Bucks play like they did tonight, then yeah, they're going to win this series. Cons- it just
2: they won seemed tonight
1: on it defense. like they
2: were hungry, yeah, like they were hungry. It, it almost seemed like it, and it didn't appear to me to be desperation.
1: no, and it's the crazy thing is they didn't even sh- shoot well today. They were 21 percent from yeah. deep, and they Outside still won this was, game by 15. It, it
2: was, it wasn't going down, and and that to me was probably my only concern in this thing is that man, someone, someone other than Middleton, come on, but Middleton got hot, and it was just like take over city. How many shots did he have in the in the first quarter of play? I don't think too many. Did he even was he scoring in the first quarter again? Um, you try and keep an eye on both games here tonight. The first half, he and Giannis both
1: led the way. It was very much like the game a couple of weeks ago where they started 30-9, to 9, where it was just the Giannis and Chris show. And it okay. pretty much was that way for most of the game until the role players like Drew and everybody else kind of got involved.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it was good to see. So the Bucks get a victory tonight. Brewers, on the other hand, yeah, not, not, not so much. They fall 7-3, to three, their fourth consecutive loss. They've got 16 hits in the last four games, just seven runs in the four games. And, and, and again, it comes down to the offense. Now, Woody, this is what we've been talking about here throughout the last uh, couple of months here. The pitching is going to let up a little bit. You are going to have these guys have a, have a clunker once in a while where it's going to put you behind the eight ball early. It did tonight. Uh, Woody gave up five runs in that first inning, had a chance to get out of it if Willie makes a play. I don't want to pin this all on Adamas, but um, it's it's going to happen. So that being said, can the offense pick this thing up, at, especially at a place like Coors Field? And it's just, it just didn't happen. Uh, Marquez was was good. He's a decent pitcher. Don't get me wrong, but... Man, this offense needs to, needs to get more consistent. They need to just uh, step things up even a little bit, and they went through their little spell there of a, of a couple of weeks, but you could tell that there were going to be some issues down the line, and David Stearns has some work to do. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what he does, but um, they fall 7-3. to three. Let's hear from the Brewers manager, Craig Counsel.
4: Craig, did you uh, consider that first inning kind of one of those coarse field innings against Woody or or not so much? Well, I mean, he,
5: you know, he, he made a pitch to Crone that, you know, unfortunately kind of out over the plate, thigh line that, um, that he got up in the air. So, well, I mean, he hit it pretty good, um, you know, and the, and the base they're loaded. It, it kind of reminded me, Honestly, it reminded me of the game Freddie pitched in Philadelphia where he just had a little bit of a rough first inning. um, And then that then really settled down. So, you know, he he was really – he was pretty good after that. Um, You know, he he cruised through the next three innings. We we made some defensive mistakes in the fifth, but we got out of it. Um, So, you know, just a case where a a bad inning kind of got us. Craig, did that play on story behind second base stand out to you at all? It looked like if Adamus can get that that flip out of his glove, is there maybe a play there, or did it not look like it to you? Yeah, there, I mean, he made a great dive and play, and just just couldn't get out of his glove. So, I mean, we had we had we had two two more chances to get out of that inning.
4: Craig, this is a place where uh, you want to get the ball in the air, and uh, Marquez just had you guys beating it into the ground. Uh, Thirteen ground ball outs, three double plays. I mean, you guys just couldn't get the ball in the air against them.
5: Yeah, no, I mean he, he, we didn't we didn't really take good swings against him. He, you know, I don't. We didn't really square a ball up. Kind of maybe Yelich's ground ball that he hit pretty hard was the only ball I thought we we even squared up against him. So. Um, we did. That was, it was just a bunch of ground balls. It was nothing, not much on the barrel. Um, and he kind of had us in between all night.
4: Craig, the fact that he only had two strikeouts too, like, is that also indicative of just, you know, the weak contact and kind of, like you said, just off balance?
5: Yeah. I mean, we, we just, we didn't, we couldn't get to his heater. That was the the pitch. I, we just never got to his heater. Um, uh, it, it's just, it's rare that you you go, go through a game and you don't get to a starting pitchers fastball. He's got a good fastball. Um, no doubt about it, but, um, you know, we weren't necessarily behind in the count all night. We just, we couldn't get to, we couldn't get a good swing on a heater.
4: Craig, you guys have played pretty good defense most of the year, but tonight just looked like pretty sloppy night in the infield.
5: Yeah. I mean, you know, the only one that ended up costing us was the, was the, the ball that got by Avi cost us a run, but, um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a pretty defensive game for sure. Craig, after that first inning, you mentioned this before. Woodruff pitched a lot better. Did what do you think? You think he pitched a little angry? You think he pitched a little with a little more focus? What what was the the, the switch there? No, I mean, I look it. You know, the first inning goes where it's uh, you know a, a guy gets on, you know, a, a, ball, a ground ball kind of we get a glove on we we can't you know we made a nice play and just couldn't finish it we walk you know and then he just made one mistake really so it was there was one you know I guess the the home run to Hampson too but you know the the first inning was a mistake with the bases loaded and that that was ended up being the game really it was I I don't think Woody pitched poorly necessarily I think in the first I think first inning is when you try to get these these starting pitchers it's we've talked about that many many times they haven't been out there for a number of days it's it's when they're kind of getting getting their thing going. So, they got them in the first inning.
0: Let's find out the play of the game. Brought to you by ABC Audio Video. Home entertainment and smart home technology simply done right. Check them out at abcaudiovideo.com. On the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show. Driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the fan.
2: You know, I agree with Craig Council on basically everything he said right there, especially when you couldn't square up the, fa- the square up baseballs. Number one, but couldn't couldn't hit the fastball. Just here to to remind you guys, back in April, that was my first real sort of sign that you know the offense are they going to be great. I acquiesced in in April when I said, okay, how about just a good offense? Can this offense be good? So I lowered my standard from great to good back in April. Why? Because of what he just said right there. This team does not hit fastballs well. And that's got to change. Go back and look at the tape. As I said to you guys uh, yesterday afternoon. If, if you don't believe me, go back and look at the sequences. And especially over the course of the season, look at the sequences on 2-0, 3-1 fastballs. That's the most egregious. I know th- uh, these pitchers these days throw wrinkles. They do. It's crazy. It's almost like uh, sometimes they pitch backwards, meaning first pitch is, is, is an off-speed. And you get ahead and you stay off-speed. But go back and, and look at fastballs. Evan, you and, I, you and I have been talking about this basically all season long. It's the fastball, and it's m- most uh, disheartening when it's fastball counts, and you're still swinging through them. Well, that's what
1: I don't get is I, I get that, like you said, pitching is such a different ball game than it was even five years ago. Mm-hmm. P- players are throwing pitches that we have never seen before the break is unbelievable but what do they teach you from day one hit the fastball stay on the fastball
2: if you can't to the breaker
1: if you can't hit a fastball you can't hit anything because what are you sitting on you can't sit off speed if you're sitting off speed you are going to be in a world of hurt, and that's Not what... Not
2: consistently, right. Consistently, if you sit off speed, yeah, it's it's going to catch up to you. I mean, occasionally, given the count, given the pitcher's makeup, given his history against you. You can kind of you, guess. Yeah, yeah. No, and there's been some guesswork a, a little bit throughout the course of... on both sides of these Brewers games this season. But, man, the biggest deal is the fastball. You guys, and I, and I don't know... Um, if maybe the the team philosophy is is to just wait back a little bit in terms of you know drawing walks and and working pitch counts, which are all good things, and don't get me wrong, they are good things. But, but I think uh, it puts you on your heels a little bit at times too.
1: How many times have we said up oh, twenty nineteen Yelich hits that four hundred feet up? Oh, 2018, Keston Hira hits that thing You have Jackie
2: Bradley Jr. looks at a fastball or swings right through two of them.
1: Like, oh, you know? yeah, a year ago, that's a home run for him. Yeah. It just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the philosophy. Maybe it's they're so worried about the good breaking balls that they can't sit fastball, or its it's just a mental thing maybe. But either way, the fact that you cannot hit a major league fastball, even if it's a... Like Marquez is a great pitcher, but he's mid 90s. That's kind of average nowadays. You should be able to hit that.
2: 95 96, uh, Doug Melvin would not approve. The former Brewer GM uh, had had a discussion with me about, you know, he, he wants dudes that can hit the upper 90s fastball. And, you know, he, he got a bunch of those guys, and, and they performed uh, much better than this makeup. Uh, in terms of this year, especially not I didn't, I didn't really focus on it last year too much in terms of uh, pitch selection and, and location. But this year, I'm really maybe hyper focused on it almost to it to a fault a little bit. But you're going to have to start hitting fat doing damage on fastballs and, and we're just not seeing it. Uh, so our play of the game is uh, Luis Urias. Well, when you get beat 7-3 and all three runs score on one swing of the bat, that is the play of the game.
1: Chance to get on on the board, on the board, on the board, on the board. (laughs) Or I guess not. (laughs) Even the computer is is upset with this Brewers
2: offense. Yeah, we'll we'll just we'll just bypass it. Uh, that uh, needle skip is uh, courtesy of Valley Sports Wisconsin, as uh, that was a Luis Urias uh, bases clearing double, and again, uh, Luis seems to do just fine. Um, you know, in filling in at that leadoff role for Colton Wong, but when he comes back, I'm hoping tomorrow, tomorrow or the next day, uh, Colton Wong is back in that leadoff spot. And then I'm wondering. Who is the two-hitter when you're going to face a left-hander? You know, down the line here. Once Colton Wong is is active and healthy and playing every day. You know, you've got Yelich lefty in the three, Wong lefty in the one. Does Vogelback stay right there in that two, lefty, lefty, lefty? Or, I mean, if I had my choice, it'd be Adamas right there in the two, and just leave them be against righties or lefties. Your top four should, should really, in theory, your top five should not change. And it should be Wong, Adamas, Yelich, Avi, Narvaez. And, and you're fine right there in, in, in five of them. All right, uh, there's your play of the game with ABC audio video. We'll take a break. We're going to hear from who after the break, Evan Heffelfinger? The starter from tonight's game, Brandon Woodruff. Woody, a rough first inning. We'll hear from the Brewers right-hander next. Bucks get a win, Brewers get a loss. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame shows driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove here on The Fan.
0: Let's find out what happened in today's game from the guys that played it. Let's head inside the clubhouse presented by Windows Select. Right now, buy one, get one free. Plus, no payments for an entire year. Call them today at 262-703-3500.
2: All right, welcome back. Final couple of minutes, fellow windows and doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. You get a win, you get a loss. Uh, Brewers fall their fourth consecutive uh, defeat here. Three to the Reds, now one to the Rocks. In Denver, and you get a grand total of. Let me see here. Let's count them all up. Three hits in this baseball game today. So let's do some inventory here. In the last four games, the four-game losing streak has the Brewers scoring seven runs. Let's see, two, four, six, eight in the four. That would be an average of two. So they're <laughs> they're under uh, two runs a game. Uh, Let's see here. They have 16 hits in the four games. That's that's a – my math is correct. There's four hits a game. Four hits and less than two runs a game is not going to win you very many baseball games. How many wins do
1: they have over that four games, Tim?
2: Yeah, that would be a big zero. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, you you show a little patience here uh, as we move along because – You know, the front office, Stearns and and Arnold, they can't just run out and get you, uh, you know, a a, a Turner uh, or a Chris Bryant or someone like that. It's just not done right now. So So you have to sort of get what you get from within. They did make a roster move prior to the game. Derek Fisher called up. Tim Lopes sent down. So when you have these guys multiples, and I, I, I apologize for beating the dead horse, but um, when you get the Lopes and Robertsons and Jace Petersons and Manny Pena, offensively at least, uh, in, in, and now Derek Fishers and, and these types of guys, why wouldn't you let Keston Hero work through his stuff at this level because the payoff would be that much higher once he gets through it? What are you going to get out of Daniel Robertson's payoff offensively once he gets it going? Well, some would say if he gets it going. What would be the payoff? What would be the ceiling? A hell of a lot lower than Keston us So in that regard, and Keston is, uh, well, figure that one out. He's doing well in AAA again, holding his own, but have him work his way uh out of his uh issues here at the big league level could, because what are what are you missing if you do that he so he's taken the spot of Daniel Robertson he's taken the spot of a against a left-hander he's taken the spot of Daniel Vogelbach I mean you're not missing a ton there when you uh, when you put your put your sights on him breaking out of this because you have to assume he's going to break out of it. At least I do. Now, I don't know if there's much doubt in my mind that he will break out to be a force. This, this, this offense with an addition outside the organization, with Keston and a resurgence and a Ryan Braun coming back, that's why I'll be a little bit more on the patient side, but, boy, it bugs me. It it really does. This offense, man, bat to the baseball. 42 strikeouts in a three-game set against the Cincinnati Reds. 42. Bat to the baseball. Touch the ball. In order to hit, the bat has to actually touch the baseball. and They, they didn't have many strikeouts tonight, did they, Evan? I mean, maybe four or five. Yeah, I remember
1: looking. They had more walks than strikeouts. They only yes. struck out four times.
2: Four, yeah, four strikeouts to seven walks. They should have had more runs on the board here tonight. But Woody uh, dug him a little bit of a hole. I mean, uh, the Adamas play didn't help. You heard Craig Council talk about that Adamas play. Yeah, you made a diving play, but you got to get the ball out of your glove. you got to record the out because the next man walked to load the bases, the next man hit a grand slam. Ouch. Let's hear from the Brewers' right-hander. He did settle in for four scoreless after a five-run first.
4: Woody, were you surprised that Crone could take 98 on the outer half the other way and out of the ballpark?
6: Um, I think um, that approach just kind of – when he when he got the ball in the air, um, I think they were just trying to look for something out over and just not trying to do too much with it. And he got the ball in the air, and I think um, – that, that's a credit to him. I, I didn't think it was a terrible pitch, but um, credit to him, he got the ball in the air, and you know it flies here. So um, just some crazy, cra- crazy things here. I think um, just the margin of error here is just so razor thin. Um, um, that that ball that was up the middle, the I think Story might have hit. I can't remember who it was, and then it was it was hard to to get that ball out of Willie's and glove and. Um, then that kept the inning going. So that was a credit to them. And, um, but yeah, just, uh, that was a, he had had a pretty good pitch and you just tip your cap.
5: Woody, I wonder whether Adamus said anything to you about that play uh, and
6: just how close he thought it was to ending the inning. Um, No, I mean, um, it was just, it was just one of those, that was a tough play. Um, When he got to it, I thought uh, there was a chance and, um, but it was just one, those soft little dribblers up the middle that kind of just spot and um and you know just one of those plays that kind of happens and you, you have to move on and uh they took advantage of it and that was kind of that was pretty much the ball game right there
4: with McMahon Woody were you trying to be careful with him he he does have a lot of home runs or did you just not make your pitches on that oh
6: uh, I just didn't make my pitches uh, I think the first inning for whatever reason was a little little weird um uh, just wasn't I made a good pitch to, to Blackman that uh, for the strikeout and I just wasn't able to replicate that um to McMahon and um just was kind of all around the zone honestly just really couldn't um uh, get the the foreseam kinda in where I wanted to to the lefties and I um so I had to kind of revert to more changeups and basically just scrap the slider tonight because it's it's tough like the one Hampson hit just kind of um here it just doesn't have that extra bite to it I guess and uh so you kind of have to find what works and I think the changeup up will work really well for me tonight And that's been a pitch that's kind of been away from me the past few outings so um it, I mean you just take the positives from this and um and move on I mean this is a, a tough place and we all know it but that's no excuse so you just take the positives and move on
4: Brandon uh, Craig said that the first inning might be an issue for you guys, just considering you're on the different schedule, right, with the extra day. Has that been true for you at all, or was that a factor tonight?
6: Um, I don't think that was a factor. Um, I don't. I don't like to to make any excuses. I think um, you know we're given our day, and that's uh, that's the day we prepare for. And I felt pretty prepared, and uh, mm-hmm. but I knew that there were going to be some challenges, and and that and that's fine. Uh, that's part of part of playing here and um and I you know I was kind of familiar with it just playing in, in Colorado Springs and um so I don't think that had anything to do with it but um I do think um that the days that I, I do pitch well I, I seem to really get that first innings it's kind of like a uh, a precursor to kind of you know later and I think if I come out and Really, kind of just punch him in the mouth early on. I think that sets the table. I just wasn't able to do it. Just uh, they kind of got to me there in the first. Brandon, you can you can tell that Marquez is used to pitching here because yeah. he put the ball down and got grounders. He knew don't let the yeah. ball get in the air here. That's uh, and I and I was and I was I can't remember who I was talking to that about, but um, I mean when when you have to pitch here for your home ballpark, you've got to know what works and. Obviously, he uh, he's a really good pitcher, and um, he knows how to navigate this field a little bit a little bit better. And um, yeah, he was just making some 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 good pitches in the right times and got out of some jams there that, that got him through six 7
0: What's on tap for the crew? What pitcher starts the next one? It's time for some forward thinking on the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin post game show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On the Fan.
2: Look ahead. Brewers need to snap out of this thing and get a victory here. Cubs win tonight. Uh, Reds fall tonight. So you, you got a little good and bad there as well. We'll check out the match. Hey, uh, Evan, do we have a game time for the Bucks game as we look ahead um, on Saturday? I'm going to guess 730, I would assume. If I remember correctly, it is 730. I checked earlier. Okay. All right. So a 730 uh tip game 7 it doesn't get much better than that whether it's hockey or baseball or or uh, basketball game 7 man there's yeah, just something about a uh, number 7 just that that is uh hang on uh you know every possession sort of game hang on every pitch sort of game uh for sure so 7:30 on uh, on Saturday but uh, tomorrow brewers need to bounce back Corbin Burns on the hill for the crew. Yeah, and he is looking to bounce back after kind of a rough
1: start against the Pirates. He is 3-4 and four with a 2.27 ERA coming into this game. Hopefully his sinker and changeup are looking good. For the Rockies, Antonio Senzatella will be on the mound. He is 2-7 and seven with a 4.86 ERA. So if ever there was a guy to beat up on, it's him.
2: But will they? Yeah, we'll see. They're actually going to have to score some uh, score some runs here. And uh, at least one gives you a chance to win the game, that's for sure. First pitch, 740. After the last pitch, you make the switch right here. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin postgame show, driven by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove. There'll be better days for the Brewers and, and enjoy the – uh, Bucks victory over the Nets. That was a, uh, was a pretty decent game, guys. It really was. It was on the attack, sort of a game on both sides of the floor for the Milwaukee Bucks. So hopefully they can replicate that on Saturday. All right. In the meantime, you guys have a great night. We'll talk to you again. Tomorrow, as the Brewers go after, a, well, a victory and snap a four-game losing streak for Evan Heffelfinger. My name is Tim Allen. You guys have a great night, and remember, smile, Milwaukee. The world will smile back.
3: Smile.